0: I think a sign of thank you to Sheila. Thank you. Do we have for a postlude a sonata? Today? You know, it'll come to you, whatever is going to happen. It'll be great. It's, you know, uh, part of the problem uh, when Sheila's creating at the keyboard is I really have very little desire to get up because it's such a profound gift of music. Thank you. And I thought it'd be kind of a fun test sometimes since she's improvising. If we went to about a quarter after, if people would begin to to wonder, maybe he's not alive up there. Which I've been accused of after preaching sometimes as well. So a, a wonderful greeting to you all. It's wonderful that we can be here this day. Brendan and I have family from across the nation that is worshiping with us today. So I would appreciate if you would give them a sign, a greeting to them, that they know that we're alive and that we're here And that uh, we're with them as they are with us in this hour of worship. It's good that we are really together and that we can celebrate God's presence among us and hopefully find the spirit that inspires us to live in hope and power this next week. That would be a great gift for all of us. So I would invite you, as you are able, to please stand and we'll begin our worship. For we gather here this morning in the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Continue our worship with the order for confession and forgiveness as you will find it in the overheads. Please follow along. We all have a story. Each story is unique. Main roads, back roads, and detours. No journey is so simple. Joy and sorrow. And laughing. We see and experience it all. Each of us has a few paragraphs pages of that we regret. Words spoken in anger. Tender words that we neglected to speak.
1: That for our loved ones.
0: We but all have a story.
1: Each story is
0: Forgive us, Lord. Give us the grace to forgive others.
1: Give us the grace to forgive ourselves.
0: Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Dear friends in Christ, in mercy God forgives us all our sins. God offers us this day a new beginning. May we repent of the ways that leave us broken and may we learn to love as Jesus taught us. Your sins are forgiven. Let them go and live. And the people of God say, Amen. to uh, join your hearts with me in a word of prayer. God of compassion, you welcome the wayward and you embrace us all with your mercy. By our baptism, clothe us with garments of your grace and feed us at the table of your love. We pray this through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever, Amen. Amen. Please be seated for the hearing of scripture.
2: Good Good morning. The first reading is from the 55th chapter of Isaiah. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. So are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress, Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall be to the Lord for a memorial, for an everlasting sign that shall not become cut off. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So in 2020 and 2021, the pandemic took over the airwaves, um, snail mail, you name the medium, it was always at the forefront. But what was forgotten or rarely ever mentioned is that life continued on in, in spite of the pandemic. Families still lost loved ones. They lost them to heart attacks, strokes. Um, Others, uh, suicide, war, hunger, accidents, so this piece was written to remember everyone who died during that period, not just a select category. So please embrace them in prayer.
0: I want to thank you, yeah. Yeah. not only for the beautiful music, but for the direction. It's not often we are encouraged to sit and hold in the altar of our heart names and faces of those whom we have lost, and there has been so much loss the last couple of years one of the most challenging yet extraordinarily helpful verses in Scripture was beautifully read by Ellen this morning whenever you think you've got God figured out whenever your religion has become overgrown with a creeping complacency remember these words Ellen read them to you for my thoughts are not your thoughts and your ways are not my ways, declares the Lord. The gospel reading from this day is from the 15th chapter of Luke. I encourage you to remain seated because it's long and I don't want any of you to become weak of knee. I want you to hear these words in the same way we heard music a moment ago. Words that we've probably heard many, many times. So find yourself in this story. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. All the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners, and he eats with them. So he told them this parable. And Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to the father, Father, give me the share of property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and traveled to a distant country where he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough to spare? But here I am, dying of hunger. I will get up, and I will go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before you, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired hands. So he set off, and he went to his father, but While he was still far off, the father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and he put his arms around him and he kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet And get the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate, for the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost, and he is found. And they began to celebrate. Now, his older son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed a fatted calf because he got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry, and he refused to win. His father came out to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years, I have been working like a slave for you. And I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed a fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead, and he has come to life. He was lost, and he has been found. The gospel of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be God. to God. God is good. All the time. All the time. Hold this line. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Your ways are not my ways, declares the Lord. The parable of the prodigal son, or the parable of the father of the prodigal son, or the parable of the return of the prodigal son, it's known by a number of names, is one of three parables of Luke. The, The lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son, all of which... Are about calling the listener to repentance. It ranks as probably one of the most well known of Jesus' teaching. You can ask almost anyone, What do you know of the parable of the prodigal son? And almost everyone will give you the highlights. You know the highlights. There's a wild child, younger son, taking his share of the inheritance, which, by the way, he had no right to an inheritance, but that's for another sermon. He squanders it in a foreign country in desolate living. Desolate living is one of those sanitized words or terms that we use to describe. He was really pond slime. He just squandered it all in terrible things that would do nothing but embarrass us and showed no forethought for the future. He was utterly, utterly selfish in his living. And then we know there's... The father, and then we have an angry, self-righteous jerk of an older brother. And with the forgot, forgiving father who runs after both of them. The son, the older son, who won't come to the party. So, I guess we've got the basics, don't we? We know it. We, we could say, now the Lord's Prayer, call it good, go get a cookie and go home and say, okay. I've got it all down. But, your thoughts are not my thoughts, says the Lord. Many years ago, I sat with a group of clergy and leaders of First Nation peoples of Canada. We sat in conversation about issues of justice and reconciliation. And for the record, there can never, ever be reconciliation without justice. That needs to be clear. How difficult that is, you can't bypass it. Nonetheless, I remember a young leader of the Blackfoot Nation describing the life of his people that was just seeped in utter hopelessness. They had generations of loss, of feeling that there was no future, that there were not resources for them, and that these were people who were just set to the side of society, left to drink themselves to death, or whatever that would fulfill the images that we had of these people. And he spoke of the pain that his people felt. But what I, and and this hopelessness, but... What was so curious, as he sat there in his beautiful long braided hair, there was one single feather that was hanging from his head. And I remember somewhere in the body of his message to us that were listening there, he used the word panache. Strange word for a First Nation person to use, I guess. And he, and he defined panache as. A plume flowing boldly forth. Wasn't that peculiar? Fast forward a year later, this young warrior brave, now in full headdress set, committed suicide. And all I could think of was a plume flowing boldly forth. The gospel for that upcoming Sunday was this, the gospel of the prodigal son. And I remember in the prodigal son, the story of the father who ran to his son. And I, in my heart, I had to believe that our heavenly father ran to greet this son as well. In 1945, the Mutual Radio Network began a game show that transitioned into NBC television and ran until 1964. Some of you will remember, this really dates us, I'm sorry. Queen for a Day. It was moderated by Jack Bailey. For 20 years, for 20 years, four contestants would be pitted against each other with the question, would you like to be queen for the day? Each woman would plead their case before an audience. They would describe their plight. Their husband had left them. Their children was disabled and diseased. One woman said, I've got three children, no husband, and the children are sleeping in cardboard boxes. I desperately want beds for my children. And they would go on and they would share these horrific stories, knowing That only the one who told the most awful story would win and it came to be known as poverty porn in the end the audience would offer the loudest applause for the most pathetic often crying contestant complete with robe she would be crowned Queen for a day and she would win wonderful prizes like a new washing machine and so, sort of things which were the advertisements that propelled this daily quiz show. The audience would decide who told the most pathetic story. It was a terrible perversion of the loving father who ran to greet a child in need and orders the finest robe and fatted calf to celebrate that the one who was once lost has now been found. My thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways, says the Lord. The return of the prodigal son has provided Christendom with a glimpse of the character of God. God the Father embarrasses himself by hiking up his robes and running to a younger son who by asking for an inheritance was saying literally to his father, I wish you were dead. And then runs to an older son who will have nothing to do with the party. In the Palestinian world, this is an inconceivable picture because the father is the object of shame, humiliation. And the same thing when he runs to the elder son, who has shown no repentance. God the Father, though, notice, is again the actor. And so at that point, it doesn't matter whether the son came in or not. That wasn't the point. The point was, it was the Father who was the actor. And to the Palestinian world of Jesus' day, this is again an inconceivable picture, as the Father has again been shamed, humiliated before the community. Humiliated by another son. I have found that often when it comes to trying to fathom the mystery of God, art is the best medium to go to. It's far more effective than words. So I have a copy here of Rembrandt's The Return of the Prodigal Son. I made the mistake once of saying to one of our men's groups, I have a Rembrandt, and they gasped like we're paying the visitation pastor way too much money. I said, it's a copy. It's just a copy. Now we see the father, the younger son returning to his shame, and by the way, I I will leave this up here, so after the service, if you want to come and look at it, you can. We see the father, the younger son returning in his shame, and the elder son standing to the right in his self-righteous rigidity. Rembrandt leaves the viewer with a buffet of images. Like, for example, the shamed younger son kneeling before him. Notice his head. That's a baby's head. That's baby's hair. He returns as a newborn innocent infant before the father. Oh, what an inconceivable picture. I mean, it's amazing. But really, this buffet of images he offers here is emanating really from the Father's hands. The left hand is masculine, the right hand is feminine. It's almost, it's almost for the observer, there's like this visual of the Lord, the Lord saying my thoughts are not your thoughts and your ways are not my ways. We see in both hands there is the picture of a loving parent. Now God's mercy is not constrained By human definition, God's love is not limited by our behavior, which, quite honestly, we find both comforting and infuriating at the same time. Case in point, here's my little story that I've made up to share with you. There is this younger son named Vladimir Putin who goes down to a foreign land and in dissolute living lays nothing but a path of destruction behind him, nothing but... Sorrow and grief and loss. But in the words of Luke, he comes to his senses. And he comes before God the Father in true repentance. And now I or you stand as the older brother. Do we go join the party? I I have lots of profane things I could say, but my inclination is probably not. So how does this work? My thoughts are not your thoughts. Your ways are not my ways, says the Lord. How does this work? What is this life of faith, this redeemed life of grace supposed to look like as it is so full of moral ambiguities like this. Well, God covers the distance. God covered the distance running to the younger son and then covered the distance by running to the older son. God has already covered the distance to every man, woman, and child throughout all of creation. Because here is the thing that is shockingly amazing. Because we are, we are created with the peace of God inside each of us. God dwells within each of us whether we know it or not. Ecclesiastes 3.11 He has set eternity within each of us, but we cannot fathom what he has done from beginning to end. We are created to yearn for God because God dwells within us. God is at peace that leads us to yearn. It is the God piece within each of us that lights a spark to yearn for God. God is the actor in everything. God creating this desire to learn. It is yearn is the spark that grows within the the questions we ask and the forgiveness we seek. And for some, that may only happen in death. But as Ezekiel wrote, God takes no pleasure, no delight in the loss of anyone. Repentance aids us in the experience of God. Let me uh, try to undress that for you just a little bit. Repentance just doesn't help us know more about God, doesn't give us a better insight about God, and repentance just doesn't make us feel better. Repentance aids us in the experience Experience of God that is already dwelling within us. Literally, we are created with that presence. This is the most amazing lesson. You see, God is drawn to God. Where two or three are gathered in my name, we find great strength in that, and that's true. But God is also drawn to the person who in a moment of solitude has that quickening question within their heart, what is this about? And God is drawn to that because God is already residing there. That is our soul. What does God covering the distance to each of our souls look like? Only two things. I'm almost done. First, first, an openness to be led to repentance. And remember, repentance is more than just something that makes us feel good. It aids us literally in the experience of God that is resting in our souls. Second, there is a de- desire to live redemptively a faith a confidence in jesus resurrection that convinces us convinces us to believe that god can raise life from death and god can raise life from our failures god can raise life from our mistakes god can raise life from all those things that we have done that we regret if we ask god but to bless them and god couldn't raise life from our disease. So a few weeks ago, when my Brenda was diagnosed with metastatic brain cancer, after we got done crying and praying, we made a commitment. We made a commitment that we would live asking that this disease would be redemptive in the lives of people. And so we cast a wide, wide net, not only because we want people praying for us, we want people praying for her healing. A wide net, I mean across the country. There's people in England, in Rome, in South Africa, in Japan, literally around the globe that are praying. And it is not just that we would be blessed by those prayers, but others would be too. We ask that God would use this to bring new life to someone else. And the wider the net, the greater the chance. That was the choice we lived, we made, and we are living. So God, our heavenly parent, has in Christ covered the distance with all of creation. And in doing so, we have learned to cover the distance with our own soul. The sign this is true is that we have learned... That forgiveness empowers us to live redemptively. That's it. That's the lesson. My thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways, declares the Lord. And the people of God say, Amen. God is good? All the time. time. Amen.
3: We have an opportunity this morning for the hymn of the day to sing one of the great hymns of the church. When peace like a river, or you may know it as, it is well with my soul. And in light of what Tom has shared with us about his journey and the journey of the prodigal son and brother, we can sing this song. I would like to challenge you this morning that we sing it as a great choir. It is found if you need the music, It's on uh, 785 in your hymnal. I challenge the sopranos, the altos, the tenor and the basses to sing out as we sing when peace like a river. I would like the women, the ladies, to sing verse 2. We all sing the chorus. The men sing verse 3. Everyone sings a chorus. And we'll end it all together on the fourth verse. Shall we stand, if you're able?
0: and we'll conclude each petition with Lord in your mercy and we will say, here our prayer.
2: Gracious God, you welcome us home with loving arms. Hear our prayers as we return once more to you. Loving God, you sent your son to the world to bring grace and peace to all guide us as we strive to be your servants in this hurting world help us to turn our to our neighbors with love strengthen us to reach out with open arms and offer your boundless welcome to those in need god in your mercy creator god you gave us great authority To be caretakers of the earth and all that it contains. Be with us as we strive to do this good work, healing what has been damaged and changing our self serving ways so that your creation may flourish as you intended. God, in your mercy. Healing God, we lift our prayers. For all who are hurting in body, mind, and spirit. (laughs) Sending your healing spirit to be with those who are suffering. Offer your guidance and wisdom to medical teams and caregivers that they may be your loving hands, holding and serving all who are ill and hurting. God, in your mercy. Sovereign God, you rule with justice and peace. Be with leaders in this nation and around the world that they may follow your example, seeking only what is best for the people. Guide them to make decisions that are right and fair. Help them to seek peace and abundant life for your people. God, in your mercy, God of grace, you welcome us with loving arms, though we have strayed. We offer our praise and thanksgiving for your endless grace and generous forgiveness. You love us even when we find it hard to love ourselves. God, in your mercy. Your prayer. All these prayers, faithful God, we lift to you, trusting in your abundant love and unending mercy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
0: The peace of the Lord be with you always. Greet one another with God's peace. Go for a walk. We have the
3: Lord's Prayer. When is that?
1: BEES. <laughs>
0: Thank you for your exuberance and your joy in greeting one another. Thank you for the joy you feel in being the people of Christ in this church, this community of faith that we are so grateful for. I thought what I would do is I'd just give you a brief update so everyone has the same information regarding Brenda. That would be easier. Uh, Brenda had uh, surgery last Monday and to remove uh, much of a tumor that was on her right side of the head. The surgery went well, and it was very successful and mostly it was to gain enough of the tumor to take pressure off her head but also then to uh, for biopsy so we don't know where the primary site is in her cancer uh, but this will be determined by the biopsies they've done and after time for healing then uh, that chemo cocktail that we know that some people go through will bring its own work of healing to her life so uh, thank you for holding us in prayer and that's pretty much what's happening with Tom and Brenda, like we have anything else in our life, you know, that's it, you know. Amy, do you, Deacon Amy, you have some things to share with us, please, if you would?
4: I do have several things to share this morning. Uh, first, Pastor Jim and his group of uh, travelers are uh, over in the Middle East in Israel, and he sent a video greeting for us. So let's check in with Pastor Jim. <laughs>
3: This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's a beautiful day. The sun is about to come up here on the Sea of Galilee, and we're heading out on those waters to tell the story of Jesus. At the end of the day, we'll be at the Jordan River. Have a blessed Sunday morning. Wish you were here. Shalom, my friends.
4: Beautiful. Beautiful. Nice. Someday, someday I will be there. Um, Lots of announcements this morning. Gary Hess, I think Gary comes to the second service. It is his birthday today, so if you see him out and about, be sure to wish him a happy birthday. Um, Card ministry, there's these bright orange slips of paper on the table in the narthex. If you would like to send a card, this week we have addresses for Pat Johnson and Audrey Anderson. And a note we heard this morning that Audrey Anderson is now cancer-free. So cards of thanksgiving for that would be wonderful. <laughs> Your cards of celebration and uh, joy shared with Audrey I'm sure would be appreciated. Adult education this morning down the hallway is Pastor Dennis speaking about putting yourself in the path of the gospel. It's always wonderful to share time with Pastor Dennis. So that will be uh, in the fireside room down the hall right after this service. That goes from 9:10 to 10:10 our thursday evening lenten potlucks and worship services continue throughout the season of lent so we gather in the gym at six o'clock for a potluck dinner we eat whatever you bring and the church provides ice cream dessert and then we worship at seven o'clock with our holden evening prayer beautiful beautiful contemplated worship service a wonderful way to kind of pause during this season and then you probably noticed as you came in the board with all of the checks on it our total giving sent to ukraine so far is over sixty-seven thousand dollars. it continues continues to go up each week and we are just uh thrilled and thankful and so blessed that we are able to reach out and help in this way so thank you thank you all for that Uh, Also out in the narthex on the back table are sign-up sheets for Easter morning. Easter is quickly approaching, so uh, there are sign-up sheets for volunteers for all three worship services. If you would like to usher or greet um, or help in some other way, please stop back there. And Verna Lawson has another announcement about Easter. Thank you, Verna. So just to recap our Easter garden display, we'll be back this year. If you would like to share something colorful uh, that is in a pot that you plan to maybe put into your garden at home later, please bring that here by Thursday the 14th and we'll have that display up for two weeks and then you can take your your colorful or uh, greenery home with you after that. Verna, thank you for organizing that. I always look forward to seeing our wonderful Easter garden up here. Um, children and youth announcements. There's a yellow half sheet out in the narthex. Um, lots of great things going on. Confirmation class meets today. We're meeting upstairs today in the youth room and our middle school youth group we meets on Wednesday. High school youth group meets on Tuesday. Um, lots of great information there and then on April 21st a Thursday evening following Easter we're gonna have a a gathering for parents who are raising teenagers. Any of you ever raise teenagers out there? (laughs) Maybe a time of of support is a useful useful thing. So just an evening for parents who are raising teenagers to get together and spend time with one another. All right, thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Amy, that's awesome. Okay, I appreciate all that's happening in the life of this congregation and how it seeks to be a blessing locally and to the world. So thank you all for your generous gifts. I invite you please to stand that you would receive the blessing. And as you receive this, do so knowing that as you leave here and you go back into your world, God is prepared to meet you in that place of intersection where you will be called to live out your faith and it will bless the world and it will alter the course of history for eternity by that act of love that you will perform in that moment. Now may the Lord God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn. Thank you, Sheila, for saving the pastor, yay. in peace to love and serve the Lord.